always tell him, this says, this says he doesn't tarry. He's going to be right on time when he comes. Amen. So uh, on your outline sheet there, if you have your fill-in-the-blank sheet, it says, as we continue to move through the key of Jesus Christ, we see multitudes of prophecies relating not only to the first coming, Roman number number one, the first coming of Jesus Christ. And you remember over the last uh, two lessons, we looked at lots of prophecies regarding the first coming. We looked at his lineage, that he would be of the seed of the woman. It talked about the virgin birth. We talked about how he would be of the blessing of Abraham. He would be part of the line of Isaac and of Jacob and of Judah. And that was just his lineage. But then we looked at his offices. That he was prophesied that he would be prophet, priest, and king. Amen. Uh, we looked at the prophecies regarding his birth. Where he would be born. Bethlehem, Ephratah. And then also how he would be born. Born of a virgin. That would be a sign. That would be a prophecy. And we looked at other things. We looked at the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Prophesied. John the Baptist. Amen. Uh, the, his ministry. His triumphal entry that would eventually uh, take place. His betrayal uh, by a friend. His death. Uh, and of course his resurrection. And listen ladies and gentlemen. On your uh, sheet there. Uh, these prophecies have been perfectly and completely fulfilled which encourages the believer in regards to the trustworthiness of God's word. You've heard me say countless times, you can trust this book. You can trust this book. You can trust this book. Looking at prophecy and eschatology is a reminder, and reminder after reminder after reminder after reminder, that you can depend on this book. If God fulfilled all these prophecies in minute detail all those years ago, thousands of years ago, that were prophesied hundreds of years before they came to pass, you can depend on what he says now in your life. So this encourages the believer in regards to the trustworthiness of God's word, and especially regarding the multitudes of prophecies of events to take place which are yet to be fulfilled relating to, number two, the second coming of Jesus Christ. All those other prophecies were regards to the first coming of Jesus. Was he born in Bethlehem? Yes, he was. Was he born of a virgin? Yes, he was. Did, did his ministry fulfill uh, Isaiah 61? Yes, it did. Did he make his triumphal entry? Yes, he did. Was, did, he, did he die on the cross between two thieves as it said he would? Yes, he did. Did he rise from the dead three days later? Yes, he did. And because he did, we can look at his prophecies regarding his second coming and have confidence in them. So I've got 16 lines here, amen? So we're just going to go line upon line. Number one, I've got three scriptures for you to write down there, and we'll take a look at uh, a little bit of each of them. Uh, write down Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. We won't read all the verses. We'll, we'll read a key verse there. But then on that same line, write Ezekiel 37, 21 and 22, and then Romans 11, 25 and 26. So Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 10, 
Ezekiel 37, 21 and 22, Romans 11, 25 and 26. So let's go, go all the way back to Deuteronomy, towards the beginning of your Bible. And we'll just look at one verse here in, in Deuteronomy, and then we'll go to Ezekiel and Romans and begin to work our way here. And by the way, I could have uh, gone through the Old Testament and the New Testament and had a list of, I don't know, a hundred different passages that we could look up. It's Wednesday night. I realize we can't, I can't list every passage that relates to the second coming. Amen. But these are some ones that we can look at, some key ones, I guess <clears throat> we could say. Look at verse number three of Deuteronomy 30. Are we there? Say amen. It says that then... The Lord God, the Lord thy God, will turn thy captivity, and really, it, it's verse 2, if you look at verse 2, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice. But then verse 3 says, <clears throat> that then the Lord, the Lord thy God, will turn the captivity, and have compassion unto thee, and will what? Return. Tommy's looking forward to the second coming. I can tell you that right now. Amen. And gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God has scattered. So it says here that God is going to return and he's going to gather a certain people together from all the nations. Okay? So you, you can go on, go over to the book of Ezekiel. So uh, right turn, go past the Psalms, Proverbs. You'll see Isaiah, Jeremiah, and then Ezekiel chapter 37. Everybody know that old song? Dry bones, dry bones, those dry bones. Ezekiel wrote the message of the dry bones. Amen. That's a great song about this passage right here and about a certain group of people. Verse 21 says, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will take the children of Israel. Now he gets specific. In Deuteronomy said these people, and obviously we know who he was talking to, but here it gets specific. I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all. See, some people think, well, this is when God regathered Israel here in 1948. Do they have one king? No, they don't. No, they don't. It says, One king shall be king of them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms anymore at all. Now, you go to, over to the book of Romans, talking about the same event here. Book of Romans, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. All of this relates to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It, I, I love this phraseology by Paul. I love when Paul says this. Uh, in, uh, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But in verse 25, he says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant. I, I love that he says that. He said, I, when he, Whenever he says that, he said, I want you to know this. 
And one, uh, I think probably the most famous time that we know it in the scriptures when he talks about the rapture of the church. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this, brother, the, concerning them which are fallen asleep. Amen. But here he says, I would not that you should be ignorant of this mystery. Now, a mystery isn't something that's spooky in the Bible. It's something that's previously been concealed. Okay? So this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part is happening, happening to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become, and so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And so it is talking about here in the, these passages that we're looking at when the Lord comes, the restoration of Israel. The rest of it. Listen to me. God is not done with Israel yet. He's not. Uh, Israel is ungodly. Yeah. And if you, if you don't believe that, again, uh, I, I, I believe, hey, we ought to stand with Israel, we ought to pray for Israel and all that. But I'm telling you, things that are going on in the Middle East right now, there is ungodliness that is fueling it. But one day the Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, is going to return. And he is going to turn their hearts back to him. They're going to realize they had a Messiah and they crucified him. So, the restoration of Israel, there's number one. Uh, number two, uh, three scriptures for you to write here. Write Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And then on the same line, Revelation 16, 14, and Revelation 20, verse 8. So, Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and then Revelation 16, verse 14. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 8. So let's go there. We'll go to Psalm first. Psalm. Prophetic passage here in the Old Testament. And I tried to share Old Testament and New Testament in, in, this, in these passages as we're looking here. Psalm chapter 2. It's interesting in the book of Acts, Psalm chapter 2 is actually listed by name and number. It actually says in the second psalm in the book of Acts. Uh, I think it was Paul during one of his messages. So Psalm 2, familiar portion of scripture. I, I know you've heard this. I've preached on this before. Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. We certainly could apply that to our day. Amen. Absolutely. That's the application. But that's not the interpretation. Then it says the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 16 and we see where these passages end up being fulfilled. It's kind of neat as you're looking at the Bible here and you're looking at these um, prophecies regarding the second coming and you know they're going to happen, but we're kind of in the middle. Amen? You know what I mean? We're, we're waiting for the Lord to return as we should, as we're commanded to, watching and waiting. Amen? But knowing that they're going to be fulfilled, again, going back to those 
prophecies of his first coming. Were they fulfilled? Yes, they were. Did God fulfill them right in his perfect timing? Yes, he did. Will he fulfill the prophecies of his second coming in his perfect timing? You betcha. You betcha. So, uh, Revelation chapter 16, look at verse 14. Here, I think it's we have the, the sixth angel pours out his vial on the Euphrates in verse number 12, and those unclean spirits, I can only imagine how awful they are. I think about the influence of devils in our day, but when the Holy Spirit's gone and all the Christians are gone, uh, my goodness, is it's going to be bad. Amen. Yeah, I always think about those ones that he had bound, and they were bound, and he finally lets them go, and my goodness, the evil, just the sheer evil. But look at verse 14, it says, For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, not every miracle worker is of God, by the way, it tells right there, you can read that, uh, it says, which go forth unto who? Kings of the earth. Remember in Psalm 2, it said the kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord's anointed. So here it tells us, under the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Well, go over a couple pages there. You're in Revelation. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Remember what happens here in Revelation 20. You have the return of the Lord in Revelation 19. We'll talk about that. I think we'll get into that in our next lesson here. Uh, but he returns in chapter 19. And then we have what's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ in John chapter, or Revelation chapter 20. That for a thousand years is mentioned in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, amen. And then after the thousand years, you remember what happened? Satan is loosed. He's been, in, he'd been bound in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. And you want How great is that going to be? A thousand years with no Satan, no devil. But then he's let out for reasons known only to God. By the way, I happen to think it just goes to show that no matter what the environment no matter what the environment, man can choose God or he can choose the devil. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Perfect environment, amen. Here we have a thousand years the devil hasn't been anywhere but in the bottomless pit. And verse 7 says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Ever heard people talk about the great battle of Armageddon? Verse 9 tells you how great it is. It's not that great. Our God is great. It says in verse 9, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about of the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's it. All over. All that gathering... All that raging, all that the, the heathen, the kings of the earth, the counsel against the Lord, done. All done. That's our God, by the way. And that, by the way, that's why we ought to fear God. Because he has the power, not just to destroy body, but to cast both body and soul into hell. He, he's the one that created it. 
Created it all. And so uh, we'll stop there. We only got through two. Good night. This lesson's going to be a while. Amen. <laughs> I, got, I got 14 more points. I, it's important, I think, to go through these scriptures. Amen. And uh, work our way through them. So uh, we'll look at number three, probably number three and four next week. <laughs> Amen.